Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Deborah, And I'm Eric. And today we are chatting with a renowned and distinguished swing dancer. Today's guest began dancing in 1966, competing in 1970, and teaching in 1979. She and her first dance partner, Jonathan Bixby, started dancing together when she was 14 years old. And they were dancers on the television show Shebang in the late 1960s. In the early 1980s, they studied together with legendary Lindy Hopper and pioneer of West Coast Swing, Mr. Dean Collins. Dean recommended they learn Balboa from Maxie Dorf, known as the King of Balboa, and they studied with him as well in the mid-1980s. She has also studied with other dance greats like Frankie Manning, one of the original Lindy Hoppers, and Willie Desitoff, one of the top Balboa dancers in the world. Her extensive studies and travels have made her an expert on regional dance styles, and she is known for her expertise in and the preservation of the older forms of swing dance. In addition, she is credited with helping to preserve Balboa by introducing the dance around the globe. In 1981, she and Jonathan co-founded the Santa Barbara Swing Dance Club, a twice-monthly live music dance club that they continue to run. She is still teaching her weekly classes that she started teaching in 1979, and today she teaches and judges Balboa and Lindy Hop throughout the U.S., Europe, Australia, and Asia. Her dance troupe ran for 15 years, performed with some of the great swing bands, and nurtured other international teachers. She has taught at the University of California and has appeared in many TV shows and in several documentaries on swing dancing over the years. She won or placed in virtually every swing event she has entered in a multitude of swing forums. She is a U.S. Open winner and several-time finalist. She won the Feather Award for Best Female Lindy Dancer in 1994, 95, and 96, and she won the Feather Award for Best Female Teacher in 1997. In 2002, she was inducted into the WSDC National Swing Dance Hall of Fame, and in 2005, she was honored as one of the greats in Balboa. Please welcome to the show, the amazing Sylvia Sykes. Yay! Well, Sylvia, how did you get started in swing dancing? Um, I don't really know all of it, but I, um, well, because it was a long time ago. Um, I grew up around people who, I, well, I was, grew up mostly with my family, my dad and my mom, who took me to jazz clubs and stuff like that in the 50s and early 60s. And so I'd been listening to, to jazz music uh, most of my uh, younger life. And most of that was danceable music. It wasn't too much bebop and stuff. And um, I really don't know where I learned to kind of go rock step, triple, triple, but I kind of knew a six count basic from watching people at parties or something. I don't really know what, what when I was a kid, I, I kind of, and I have a memory of learning that, but um I knew how to do that, but I had nothing to do with the current um, teen scene at that point in 1965. And uh, we moved to a town, a different town than, we, than I had been living in. And it was a small town at that point. It was Thousand Oaks. But in those days, we had two signal lights and no freeway off ramps. You just kind of waited till the cars stopped going and you bopped across the freeway. Um, so it was really rural in those in that time. And, uh, there was nothing to do in that town except go to this dance that Casey Kasem put on called at the, at the, uh, sorry, at the, um, Thousand Oaks Rec Center. When and, you say Casey Kasem, let me stop you for a minute. Uh, the actual Casey Kasem? Correct. The DJ. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, he put on this dance uh, every Friday night at the at the Thousand Oaks Rec Center. Maybe it was God, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday night, but once a week at the Thousand Oaks Rec Center, and uh, he would bring bands that I think they were bands that were just kind of starting out and they needed practice. And we were a bunch of you know dorky kids from the sticks. We didn't know we all looked like people on stage. Yay! You know, um, we had the Turtles and Sonny and Cher and. And uh, those kind of people. And uh, it was it was uh, interesting music to dance to, but it was mostly just teenage by yourself dancing. And um, I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know the music. I was completely lost about the whole thing. But um, everybody was at this dance. So I went and um, and it was pretty awful because I didn't know how to dance. And then uh, I don't know, a bunch of years, I don't know, a bunch of months later, Jonathan showed up. He lived in Ventura. He showed up with this uh, with this friend of his, and he was trying to get her to do six count swing, and 
And I don't remember if she was doing so well or not, but I, I don't know. I just walked down and said, I can do that. And he goes, oh, okay. So we were just like doing our little six count swing stuff. And Casey Kaysen said, oh, hey, kids, you want to go on the show? And I thought, this is like the best thing that's ever going to happen to me in my whole life is that is I'm going on Shebang because Casey Kaysen ran, ran, ran Shebang. This is a um, a dance show that was, that was on Channel 5 KTLA in Los Angeles and that um, Buddy Schwimmer was a regular on and was with his partner named Sandy. You ever do a podcast with him? Ask him about that. Um, so uh, we went on that show, and they gave us a pass so that we could come down and be on it whenever we wanted to be, um, which wasn't all that often because we I had to get my mom to drive us down. Um, and so to stay sort of like somewhat current, we tried to like learn more dancey stuff because we thought that was what we were going to do, like swing dancing stuff, which I was always interested in. I had seen Hell's a Poppin' as a movie on television at three in the morning and thought that looked really cool. Um, so we would just stay up until two or three in the morning and watch an old movies uh, long distance on the phone, trying to figure out what what they were doing because this was before VCRs and any kind of recording equipment. So you would watch a swing dance scene in a movie and then, nine or 10 months later, you could see it again. And so we were, it was slow going and we weren't very good at it, but that's kind of how I started swing dancing. I liked it. And there was a reason to do it. (laughs) What was it like to be a swing dancer in that period? Did you, did you go social dancing? And if so, what was that scene like back then? Well, yeah, we, I mean, I went to the, to the Casey Kasem dance in Thousand Oaks every, you know, and I would do some swing dancing, but there's also, you know, the by yourself stuff, the skate and the hitchhike and the boogaloo and the mashed potato and those kind of things. So I learned all the uh, regular 60s dances and then there was that stuff. And so, you know, sometimes we would if the song swung because a lot of the they would do DJ music there, too. And when the song had swing kind of a swing beat to it, then we would do the swing stuff. And if it didn't have swing, then we would do all the teenage by yourself solo stuff. But we weren't like going, I mean, I was, I was 14, 15. So I wasn't like I was going down to whiskey a go-go yet. So, you know, that was later on in my life. Uh, so um, I wasn't hitting any like who club scene. It was like the local rec center at the park. Right. Uh, So you just learned all those dances just socially, just picking them up by seeing them? By watching watching them on TV for the most part. And then if there was a big band uh, dance, everyone's rather be a big band dance in Los Angeles, like at the Palladium. So my mom would drive Jonathan and I down there. And so there'd be, you know, 1,500, 2,000 people there doing swing dancing and Balboa and whatever else they were doing. And so we would just mostly just watch um, and, you know, I would try to pick stuff up and ask people to show me stuff and offer them 20 bucks and they would tell me to go away. And, you know, because <laughs> I'm an idiot, you know, so, so we didn't have any like real instruction instruction. I think Jonathan, had, when he was like 12 or 13, had taken a cotillion class in Ventura from Billy Clower's School of Dance. And so he knew some stuff, but that was the only uh, kind of instruction we had other than just trying to pick stuff up from old movies. Um, I want to go back to Shebang for a second, because Shebang is kind of like what Dick Clark's um, yeah. TV show was, but obviously Shebang came uh, after. Uh, well, it, and Dick Clark and, and American Bandstand was in was in L.A. too, but they, right. they moved to L.A. They were only on Saturdays, and um, Shebang was on five days a week. So Ah, okay. And were you on Shebang more than once? Yes, but... We weren't on as we weren't on we weren't regulars like Buddy or sorry like like uh, yeah like Buddy Schwimmer was because they lived there he you know it was Buddy and famous and famous Cooks Lee and there was everybody there was like the the little gang of hot kids and then we were like the dorks from you know somewhere else. we were yeah well no we were from Thousand Oaks but anyway we um, we were we were on more than once but it wasn't it was but you know you, you have school and you can't get your mom to drive. Right. Uh, an hour and 15 minutes into LA and back every, every day. So, yeah. So you eventually met and studied with the legendary swing dancer, Dean Collins. How did you end up learning from him and what did you learn from him about swing dancing? 
Well, there was a lady named Shirley Feetsum, who, if you watch old U.S. Opens, you might see her. Um, she and her twin sister sometimes did the sweeping uh, between between comps. Um, uh, there was a dance contest in Redondo Beach. <coughs> Excuse me, that um, one of my students had been. It was at a, some bar in Redondo Beach, and they'd been there. And, and it was a, one of those progressive dances dance contests where every week there's a winner, and then after ten or twelve weeks, everybody gets together and they have the big final contest. So he was there and he said, God, no, nobody could dance. It was really easy. You could go win this thing. So the next week we went down, um, which was the final prelim thing, and we won that. And so the week after that, we went down thinking, okay, we're going to win some money. And there was this couple there, it was Shirley Feetsum and Tom Boots, who you can kind of see on uh, In the Swing. And if you go to YouTube and go on In the Swing, <coughs> you can um, see them dance. Um, and it was obvious they weren't like supernatural swing dancers, but they had learned a lot. They were good and they knew a lot of old stylings and, and authentic looking things that we'd seen in movies. So, you know, they won and we were like, we came in second. We we're like, yeah, this is cool. Like, where do you hang out? Where do you learn this stuff? And Shirley said, oh, there's this old guy who used to be in the movies. He's teaching in his basement. And I said, oh, cool. So she gave me Dean Collins' phone number. And she I called him an old guy. <laughs> he was he's younger than i am now but he was an old guy to me then you know um so so i didn't know that dean collins was one of the guys i'd look you know i'd been watching in, in all those all those movies on television all that time so we just called him up and said hey we want to take lessons and they said okay you can come on down and then so he agreed to start giving us lessons and that's where i met lance and marianne and uh, a bunch of other folks from his lessons so that's how I started started or met Dean and started working with him. Um, I learned a lot of uh, technical stuff off of him as far as um, what something looks like on video or looks like on a movie. What it looks like is really different than what it feels like oftentimes. And so Dean um, had some, in my opinion anyway, people tell me I'm nuts, but um, some really – definite ways of moving his body that were 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 different than some other things but also comfortably would shoot me out really fast whereas other people will pull and push um he was able to do that with just the finesse of how he moved his body more than just trying to shove me around and so i learned um a, a lot of uh, technical lead follow stuff from dean that i that i still use today and also learned how to slide yeah you are a great slider what were some of those main techniques that you still try to impart to your students now? It's well, it's mostly that um, you know to to lead a follower in. You don't you're not going to use your biceps. You're going to use your body by stepping back, and you can step back on count one, on count two, or count three. So you can have a like a, not a West Coast whip, but a Lindy whip or a Lindy swing out, let's say, or even a sugar push. You can or a push. You can bring the follower in on one. By by um, the let's just say the the thing beforehand was an eight count move. So you get loaded up on eight, so that one you can release that load up by stepping back, and that kind of you know releases the stretch on the follower moves. Or you can wait to load up until count one, so that you release it on two, so that the follower can move in on two. Mm -hmm. Or you wait for the load up until two. So the follower, blah, blah, blah. So you can either bring the follower in on one, two, or three, not by physically hauling them in on one, two, or three, but by releasing the load up that happened the count before. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. What would you say Dean Collins told followers for technical aspects of moving? Well, the first thing he said to me when he said, okay, the, my first lesson, and I, you know, when I finally figured out that he was that guy we'd been watching all this time. And um, so he's just going to dance with me. And I thought, I'm going to do this, this, you know, like whip. And I'm going to look like Jewel. And I just, I'm just going to be so cool. And he's going to think I'm awesome. And the first words out of his mouth were, are you trying to kill me? <laughs> so I, I realized that uh, maybe I was a little too exuberant with stuff, you know, that I didn't have to like run like a maniac at him. Um, so basically keeping my feet underneath me. Um, 
don't think about where you're supposed to be in a figure because there's nowhere you're supposed to be. You are where you are and you're either there or you're, you know, if you're supposed to be over here, but you're not, well, you're not there. So don't pretend you are. Um, keep my feet underneath me and move when, uh, you know, come forward, uh, when I'm led forward. And aside from that, I can, you know, basically dancing footwork rhythms underneath wherever I was. If I was moving, I did it moving. And if I was in place and I did it in place. Does that make sense? Yes. It's yeah. a lot of things that I still teach for West coast. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, that's dancing for most right. part. Dancers are like that, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's certain every dance style has certain things you take for for granted or you just have to memorize. This is kind of what this thing looks like. But for the most part, lead follows, lead follows, lead follow. You know, the when you lead can can vary and 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 how you get someone to turn can vary. But um, but mostly we're all doing the same stuff. Right. So. Dean Collins is really the pioneer of West Coast Swing, as his style of Lindy Hop was the earliest form of West Coast Swing. What can you tell us about Dean as a dancer and as a person that you think our audience should know? <laughs> That's a little tricky. Um, he was interesting. Um, uh, some people thought he was kind of a jerk. Um, he could be. He and Kenny used to, Kenny Wetzel used to, uh, be best buddies and then hate each other. And we would get these single typed, um, letters, like four pages, single typed Xeroxed because it was before, you know, photocopies, these letters in the mail saying, you know, some so-called DJ, blah, blah, blah. I'm just rail against Kenny. And then I get the same thing from Kenny, you know, some so-called Lindy Hoppers, blah, 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 blah. And it was like they, they would just go at each other. I was like, wow, oh, what idiots. Anyway, so there was all these – there was a lot of drama. And then I just tried really hard to sidestep as much of that as I could. There still um, is, by the way. Oh, you really? <laughs> <laughs> I would have never thought. Um so uh, I forgot the question. It was like, what was Dean like as he, okay. So yeah. um, Dean was, um, I know that West Coast Swing has been influenced by Dean, but I, Dean would not have um, thought that he was, uh, he thought of himself as a Lindy Hopper, uh, as a Lindy dancer. And early in the early eighties, there was some influences coming in, uh, mostly in performance dancing, um, in routines and stuff like that, that was more ballroom kind of oriented. And, and he just said, you know, I don't know what the hell that shit is, but that's not swing dancing. So he wasn't happy with everything, but he did also think, you know, if you're dancing to swing music and you're doing any kind of swing dance, whether it's, you know, shag or imperial or whatever the hell is swing dancing, swing dancing, it's all kind of under the same umbrella. So he had he had a uh, a universalist view of things, but I do think that some of what was going on in the early '80s for West Coast, where what was I don't even know if it was West Coast one, but it was it was a formalized, more ballroom looking stuff that he wasn't super thrilled about at the time. Anyway, he died before I mean he died in '84, so who knows, you know. Um, or 85, I guess he died. So, um, um, yeah, he was, he was, he was super duper opinionated and was not afraid to let his opinion be known. Uh, there's, uh, there was the very first U.S. Open, uh, competition, which was not the one that, uh, the bridge is on, but was one that was taking place in, uh, Las Vegas in 1980. Right. And I don't know who ran that, but, uh, Dean was the guy who was the, you're going to like this, who was the, you know, is it swing or not judge? And so, so he, yeah. So he would run around and, and almost most of every person that, that went out there and danced, he would run over the judge and go, that's not swing dancing. That's not swing dancing. I don't know what the fuck that is. That's not swing dancing. So, um, you know, he was opinionated in that. Um, but there were some folks that he, he thought did swing dancing. So it was like there one couple who did Imperial and I think Cindy Pike, Pekka, Pekka. Yes, Cindy Pekka. I remember. 
Right. Yeah. She was, I think she was, you know, I don't know, probably 10 years old or something then, but you know, he liked her. And so there was, you know, um, it wasn't that he was, um, prejudiced against people doing just a specific style of Lindy. Um, he had a, a wider view of what swing dancing could encompass than that, but he did have a definite opinion that not everything that people called swing dancing was. Uh, just for the audience's uh, knowledge, because you mentioned Cindy Pekka, uh, Cindy Pekka is a trained dancer, as I am, and she was also a star search person when she got older after she was on um, the when Vegas um, U.S. Open, and she became a very successful choreographer. So it's a very small world. We're all connected. Absolutely. Yes. So you've studied with arguably the two greatest Balboa dancers, Maxi Dorf and Willie Desitoff. And I also stay with Ed and Inez Thompson used to helped help me out a lot. And, um, and Dean Raptory, I just want to make sure. And, and Mills, those folks really helped me out a lot. Got to mention them. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's great. For our listening audience, can you tell us what Balboa is and how does it fit into the family of swing dances? Um, it, well, it was, uh, there was Balboa today is a, is an umbrella term that, We've taken two dances, Balboa and Swing, and glued them together in something they call Bal Swing. Um, so Balboa was a dance that uh, was a closed position dance, started uh, down the Newport Beach near Balboa Island. Um, closed position dance, um, it's quick, quick, slow, just like Lindy Hopper or West Coast Swing or Shag or anything else, um, but it's basically got – eight count basic, but you can do multiples of quicks and slows, so it can change. Um, but it was a slow dance. It was a shuffle dance. So your feet aren't, you're not stepping, you're shuffling. And, uh, a lot of people had completely different styles. Um, as the dance developed in, um, there's, there's reference to it, like in the mid teens, but we don't know if that was exactly the same dance or whether it was just a dance that they were doing in the Balboa area that somebody picked up and talked about in a, in a newspaper article in San Francisco. But uh, the dance style that we do today was basically started in the, in the thirties. Um, so the music and the music changed from, from the, you know, late, late twenties to the thirties. So, um, and dancers, you know, need to dance. The music needs to drive the dance because it's not just it's not just in the room with you. It's how you should be reacting to, you know, your your movements need to have something to do with the music. So when the music got more swingy and less jazzy, um, the babble we know today was happening. So it's a shuffle dance, um, closed position, um, super relaxed. You can. Uh, Basically, the lead follow is quicks and slows. Uh, so there's lots of variations of footwork that you can do. Um, you don't have to do exactly what your partner's doing. Um, so it can be pretty interesting. Um, doesn't take a lot of space, which is good. You can dance it to stuff that's 90 beats a minute or 350 beats a minute. So it's a really versatile dance. And the one thing I like about it at this point in my life is I can still dance fast Um doing Bal Balboa, whereas I can't swing out at 250 beats a minute anymore, but I can Balboa at 250 beats a minute. Um, and then uh, the kids were, uh, oh, and Balboa had different uh, stylings. If you lived on the coast, like um, Orange County, up to Los Angeles, um, Balboa, that area, you um, stayed on the balls of your feet more, and the shuffle was that kind of way. If you lived inland, Redlands, Pacoima, those kind of things, you were more flat-footed, and your your style was more of a flat-footed style. So the kids that lived on the coast were like, oh, he's well on flat-foots. You know, and the flat-footed people go, oh, he's one of them toe dancers. <laughs> so, you know, they would uh, rag on each other, but they would have – these big, uh, it's kind of like what, what happens in Shagland uh, with the migration, but, or, or just general spring break stuff. Um, during spring break, uh, everybody would go down to Balboa Island area and there was two or three ballrooms and they, everyone would just dance. And that's when the dance started to 
people started to be able to see each other and not just their localized version of the dance. And so the dance got richer kind of in the, in the thirties because they, they saw more options than, than just the one or two that, that their high school did. Uh, at the same time, there was another dance called swing. They just call it swing in Southern California. People now call it SoCal swing, but it was just a swing dance. Um, which was the, when you think about Balboa today or Bal Swing, there's the open work stuff. The open work stuff was the swing of, of the era. This was before Dean came out. It was before Lindy Hop made it to the West Coast. So it's what the kids were doing who weren't doing Balboa, what they were doing to swing music. So there was um, those movements happening. And early on, they didn't mix. You were either a bow dancer or a swing dancer. It was like the sharks and the jets. You didn't get along. You didn't, you know, deal with each other. Um, and in the mid-30s, uh, the next generation was coming along, decided, well, they both kind of look cool. Let's do both of them. And the dancers kind of became glued together. You would do closed work and open work. And that's today when we say Balboa, it's really the hybrid of those two dancers that got glued together in the mid-30s. So I have a question about that because I've only been exposed to Balboa since the 90s when I I came into West Coast Swing. And what really intrigued me about the dance was the closed work and the open work and the speed. But what really intrigued me was how the women dressed. They they were very dressy with pencil skirts and heels and really like looking sharp. And I'm wondering, is was it like that when it was a shuffle dance and a separate swing dance? Yes. Because you dressed, yeah, when you went out dancing, you dressed up. Just like at the Savoy Ballroom. I mean, you dressed up, you know, you're not doesn't necessarily wear a suit all the time, but the guys didn't show up in in sweatpants and a t shirt, you know? Right. Um you dressed when you went out in those okay. days. Yeah. So absolutely. And even today mostly, I mean, some of us are getting older, so I just wear pants and, you know, my little flats because, you know, because <laughs> I wore pants and flats for the last thirty years. But um there, there are so if you know go to a big Balboa event, uh, you're still going to see most of the people dressed really nicely. Guys are in suits, uh, and the, uh, most of the women or the follows are in dresses, skirts, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and we do have a lot of uh, a lot of really sharp looking folks out there. It's not you don't have to. I mean, I just slip up in my little tunic and my pants, and I'm still allowed in. So. <laughs> You mentioned that there was Bal and there was SoCal Swing, yeah. but this was before Lindy made it to yeah. California. Correct. So what was SoCal Swing? That was the open stuff. What, when you Do you know what Balboa looks like? Yes. yes. All right. So when you're not in closed position, like lollies, toss outs, uh, underarms, reverses, all of those things would be the swing of SoCal Swing. And did that was that also rooted in... Like triple rhythms, double rhythms, or was it just? Yeah. I mean, they weren't doing triple steps, but it was quicks and slows. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So I think of slows as triples. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we often think of Lindy as being like the original swing dance that others came from. So it's interesting that there was this other swing form that had evolved to that music. Right. And, and, but it, you know, it was more circular. It was a circle, circle, circular. It was really circular. I mean, it's a toss out. You would keep kind of sort of keep rotating clockwise and toss out. I don't, there's not, we don't have a lot of footage of anything. It was just pieces we gleaned from talking to, you know, Willie and Maxie and those guys who were coming up at the time that the two dances were being glued together. So, so, so you've, studied and developed expertise in a number of swing dances, given your broader perspective of swing dancing. How do you see West Coast Swing fitting into the family of swing dances? And how did other swing dances inform and shape West Coast Swing? I really, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of people in the, I think once, uh, recording devices came around in, in, you know, especially in the 90s, uh, when people were really hungry for for learning anything from anywhere, like you know, sh- trading videotapes and da 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 da, that um, uh, a lot of the slotted stuff that Dean did, and even I mean Frankie Man, if you watch Elsa Pop, and that's all slotted, you know, um, if you if you you know that that people took took inspiration from from Lindy Hop and and 
and what other folks did from, you know, I'm sorry, I'm kind of sound like an idiot here. Um, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of regional variations still up, up until probably around, you know, beginning of the mid nineties is when things started to get homogenized. But before that, everything was really regional variations as far as styles of any kind of dancing. Like when I first started hanging out with, uh, with people who did West coast swing, it wasn't, they were still Lindy hoppers there too, but you could tell if someone was from, from San Francisco or San Diego or LA. I mean, it was, you know, after about one or two seconds, you go, Oh, you're from the Bay area. And they go, yeah. You know, I mean, you could just tell the difference. Um, that started to get washed out the more people watched um, competitions and the more that that um, visual representations of the local stuff was was available to everybody. Um, so I think that the regional variations had a lot to do with and that includes stuff like Imperial, um, Carolina Shag, um, stuff from Chicago, uh, beach bop. I mean, is is a lot of different styles of sort of 1940s, 1950s, 60s swingish dancing that I think people um, really took. And that's probably the biggest, heaviest influence for West Coast Swing because that's what was around. Um, I don't, I don't know much about, I'm, I'm sorry to say, I really don't know much about West Coast Swing in the last eight to 10 years because I've been, uh, focusing more just on, on Lindy and Balboa. And As you left us. <laughs> well, you stopped hiring me. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I used to get hired then I didn't, I went like, okay, well, I mean, I can, you know, Lindy land likes me. I'll stay there. Um, but it's a, uh, you know, I didn't, it was also that West coast swing was developing in such a way that I couldn't do it. I mean, I was like, there's, I would watch you guys always, you, you know, you, you, we used to have to sit next to each other in the, in the champions division when they put us in alphabetical order. And, and I would always go like, one of these things is not like the other. I feel like such a, you know, like I don't belong here. And you're like, ah, shut up. I go, well, I can't do this sexy stuff, whatever they, I can't do this. So West Coast Swing uh, started to evolve and develop into, into a, a style and a, in a, you know, an art form that I wasn't good at and I didn't know it. And I would have had to work really hard at it. And I thought, you know, the music doesn't speak to my soul. So I'm just going to go back to do the old stuff that, that I'm, that I'm better suited for. And I understand more. So I really don't know. I can't really speak much to contemporary West coast because I, uh, I kind of, you know, I haven't really kept up. I mean, I watch, watch stuff on YouTube and kind of go like, boy, that's amazing. I can't do that. Um, you know, so it's, uh, I can kind of speak to about what it was like, you know, to, to the mid, mid two thousands, maybe, or, you know, 2009, 10 around there. I think that's probably when I kind of faded out. Um, and I do think that the regional variations, uh, cause I watched West coast swing go from a dance that kind of looked like it was part of Lindy Hop. I mean, this was like in the early eighties and then some of it looked ballroom and some of it looked like kind of just slower Lindy Hop. And at Bobby McGee's when we were dancing, if the music was around 160 or slower, people did more slotted footworky kind of stuff. And when the music got faster, they did more swing outs and whips and, and, or Balboa stuff. And it was the same people. There were certain people like Annie and a few other folks that did one style or another, but then, but like Jack Carey could do both and Dean could do both. And so it wasn't, it, it wasn't really the demarcation of West coast swing uh, or West coast dancers versus Lindy dancers versus whatever people just danced, you know? Um, and then in the early eighties um, or 83, 84, something like that, I noticed a lot of stuff from country Western and from hustle coming into the, the competition stuff. And uh, so people, a lot of the leaders stopped doing a lot of footwork and it became more um, arm stuff. And I think also maybe the influence from, from the South, from uh, Texas push whip, uh, those kind of stylings started to to be more prevalent and it was a much showier so it, it did that did a lot of 
I think it was really popular partly because it it uh, it showed so well and that was a good performance style. And um, so that really changed. But then, um, you know, I started going to Shagland in 80, 89, 90. I drug poor Lance back there in 1991. And, uh, you know, uh, and so when when we started seeing Carolina Shag um, and people looked at that and they were like, oh, now we got to move our feet again. So footwork kind of came back into into West Coast, you know, into West Coast at that point. Um, so I think what is interesting about West Coast for me is that it um it evolves from a lot of different influences and whatever the it's not a dance that's rooted in a particular style of music so west coast can be done to you know almost any kind of music you want to dance to so as the popular you know top 40 kind of stuff changes the dance changes to meet that because i mean it it it, it it doesn't have to be done to to swing music anymore. So so since it doesn't have to be done to swing music anymore, it's a dance that can stay current with whatever the current um, popular music is. And I think that's the thing that um, that's most interesting about that and, and separates it from a lot of the other dances is that it has the ability to morph uh, with the tones. Um, I think it's important for uh, the audience to know, because like you, you made a statement saying like, you weren't really good um, at West Coast. And, you know, I sat next to you a lot in the Champions. No, uh, no, no. I didn't say that. No, I wasn't saying that I wasn't good at West Coast. What I was saying was I wasn't good at the newer versions, the more lyrical and the okay. I could. I, there was just no way that was ever going to happen. I'm if I can move my feet, I'm good. Because you, know? you must know that, you know, in a lot of the podcasts that we've had, uh, your name has come up a lot. You've influenced a lot of the females uh, in the dance uh Community of West Coast. <laughs> You're not old. You're so silly. You're not old at all. By the way, what do you think of the way that West Coast Swing has evolved stylistically? And and do you think that its relationship to the other swing dances has changed? Well, I mean, it's it's really evolved. So, I mean, it, it doesn't, you guys don't dance to swing music all the time. So when you dance to swing music, you look different than when you dance to not swing music. Right. So it's it's not that West Coast doesn't dance to swing music anymore. It's that it doesn't only dance to swing music anymore. Right. Wouldn't you say that it's a dance that um, moves with the times of the music? Yeah, I think I said that. I said that it, it, that it can, it... <coughs> that it can stay contemporary with whatever the popular music is of the day, the dance can, can evolve. And, and, and it's still um, borrowing, you know, I mean, I can see Zook influences and some other stuff that, you know, um, you know, 30 or 25 years ago, salsa influence was heavy into it. So it can take other popular dances and, and absorb some of that uh, styling or ideas or flavor excuse me and then still be able to uh, still be able to dance it to contemporary music so it's a dance that that evolves with the music i think right so we talk a lot in our community about what swing is and what defines swing dancing um as you kind of alluded to earlier it's kind of an ongoing discussion in west coast swing you have studied with legends in swing and you're yourself an expert in many different forms of swing dancing what, in your opinion, makes swing swing? The movement or the music? Say more. Explain that. <laughs> <laughs> We're both like, say more, yeah. Okay, well, in the music, if it swings, then it's swing music. If it doesn't swing, then it's not swing music. Um, you can do any movement you want to any freaking kind of music you want to because nobody owns your dancing other than you on your own. So it's not that you can't. It's just that if you're trying to do something for, for me, if you're trying to dance something that, that has swing in it, then you need to dance with music that swings. Um, we can, you can do, I mean, I can do Lindy hop movements to like a soul song that, that swings and, and it looks appropriate. I can do the same exact movements to a soul song that doesn't swing and it looks odd unless I change the way I'm doing the movements, you know. So um, it's not specific 
figures that that create the dance. It's it's how you um, move your body to the music that I think creates a particular uh, genre of a dance. Um, like if you did Carolina Shag to bebop, it would look really odd. Or if you did Carolina Shag to something that didn't swing at all, it would have to look different or it wouldn't be dancing to the music. So um, my my version or my opinion of swing swing dancing is going to be narrower probably than, than contemporary West Coast dances are going to be. But if you're not dancing to swing music, then it's hard to think of you as doing a swing dance. It can be a dance that came from swing. It can have influences. But I think that you have to give yourselves credit for creating something that's new and not have to always think of it as as part of a specific uh, forerunner dance. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just like I, I, I understand that your community has uh, has this – the struggle going on now. And it's like, I'm just really glad I don't have to be part of it. (laughs) (laughs) We, we have our own things with Lindy hop and bow boy. Well, you know, you know, things kind of get weird after a while. And, you know, there's some new things that are coming in. So it, it kind of gets blurry and you have to figure out where the lines are and you kind of go over the line for a while. And then, then the community either evolves and says, okay, we're just going to broaden, broaden the lines or you bring it back in inside the lines and, and every community gets to make those decisions when those things happen. When you talk about uh, like music that swings or movement that swings, are you talking specifically about swing rhythm, like a, yeah. a swung time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big band music by any means. Right. Cause it's a lot of soul music, even contemporary soul music swings and, all, and a lot of it doesn't. So yes. It's not. Yeah. But yeah. And it doesn't when we when I talk about swing music because in Lindy Land we don't always dance to big band music, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we try to dance to swing music. But then there's times when there's going to be, uh, you know, like R and B night, and some of the R and B swings, and some of it definitely does not. Mm-hmm. Well, you made an interesting statement earlier when you said, "Well, if they're dancing to swing music, then it's they're swing, and when if they're not, then they're not." But we've run into a, a situation here on West Coast Swing where there are people who are clearly dancing to swing music, but they're not doing swing movement or patterns. But because they're dancing to a swing song, judges automatically assume that they're swing dancing. Well, it depends on your judges, but you're, are you making a statement? I don't really know. I'm, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if, you, if you, you, you think that just because they're dancing to swing music, that means that they're swing dancing. No. Okay. That's all I want. Okay. No, I mean, you can do it, you know, if you're dancing to to music that swings and you're swinging, then you're probably doing some version of a, of a swing dance. Um, If you're dancing to swing music and you're not dancing, you're not swinging the, the music, then you're not, you know, it's just like I can dance straight up Lindy hop stuff that would look like Lindy Hop if you turn the music off to music that doesn't swing, but it doesn't mean I'm dancing to that music. So it, it's, it, for me, that's a disconnect for me. The music needs to drive the dance. So the music isn't just um, happen happens to be in the same room as I am, or I'm not, I'm not using the music as a metronome. Okay. I'm going to do my stuff this fast and I'm going to do it in a, in a, in a blues, in a blues, you know, 12 bar blues, or I'm going to do it this way or, okay, I can go a, a, b, a, a big breaks coming up. I'm going to kick. I mean, there's, there's dancing to the structure of the music and then there's dancing to the music. And, uh, I think that dancing to the structure of music is, is important and all that, but it's not, that's not the end all and be all. So a lot of people don't dance to the music they they use it as more of a metronome. I mean, there's yes. some interaction, but it's not, you know, for just because of who I learned from and and the fact that I'm old and and I've done a lot of regional regional dances that all were really rooted in swing rhythm. That's kind of where my heart is, and that's kind of where my knowledge is. And um, the the people who influenced me the most learn to dance uh, from from movement that was that was swung and 
their whatever moves they invented or whatever stylings they invented were all came from reacting to that music. So the music is is the most important part for us first, and then reacting to that music, being a visual um, a visual member of the band to that music, and reacting to the music, and also reacting and to your partner. Uh, and and back and forth is is kind of the fun that we have in it. So I think that it's that if you're not dancing to the music in that way, that it I mean you can you can do it. I'm not, I'm not mad at people when they do that because again I don't own anybody's dancing, so you can do whatever the hell you want to any kind of music you want to, but it doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> right, that's very very true. To just to clarify, when you're talking about swinging the movement. Are you are you explicitly talking about a swung triple, or is there some other aspect of a dancer's movement that is swing? Well, I mean, I'm sure that there's other dancers. You know, there's other movements that are swing. Because if you watch, if you watch, uh, you know, solo jazz dancing, uh, contemporary solo jazz dancing, that music, it's all to swing music, and they're not uh, they're not doing partner dancing to it, but it's but it, it's all swung stuff, and it doesn't mean that they're actually doing Double, triple, double, triple, but yeah. Right. Does, is that clarification? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I mean, because if you look at solo jazz stuff, that's kind of where the movement for for all of the swing dances originally came from. And did then, you hear that, everybody? Say that again out loud. So the people in the back in here. <laughs> is that is that originally the dance the the partner dance came from 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 people dancing to jazz music solo, you know? Okay, I mean, as far as I know, because, uh, you know, and it, it's came out, it wasn't necessarily swing music originally because you had Charleston, which is jazz, but definitely not swing music. Charleston okay. does not swing at all. So trad jazz, um, people were dancing solo to it and stuff like this, but then they started to partner up and do partner Charleston, stuff like that. From there, the dancing sort of morphed as the, as the traditional jazz moved into more swing, swing music. So the music changed and the dancing changed with it instead of the other way around. Mm -hmm. Right. So we've talked a lot on the show about Ramiro Gonzalez and you and you guys, you know, dancing together. What is it like to partner with him? And what was it about his dancing that think that I think made the two of you, or we think that made the two of you so successful together? And I just saw him last week. So I was, oh, in, yay. I was in Dallas. Yeah. Um, well, the, for me, it was the fact that his, his, uh, what his dancing offered was not cool moves. It wasn't like he has all these different cool figures that he did. He just did the shit out of the five he did. Um, so he didn't have a whole lot of, a lot of fancy moves. He had great footwork and, beautiful spins i mean his spins are just still to this day just thrill me to bits um and and it was just that we had this this kind of connected to the floor down groove with our with our with our basic how i felt the music and how he felt the music was similar so there was this ease ease of partnership for that and um i was just happy to do footwork and and keep it simple and just have a really good time and that's what i think showed in our dancing was the fact that we were just dancing in the moment and, and enjoying each other and enjoying the music. Gotcha. Your, um, win in the street swing division, what was it? 95, 96. Um, I know a couple of our guests have mentioned as being inspiring and I know yeah, and I've watched was, it several times. If you watch that, um, we were, I think couple number 18 or 19 of 18 or 19. We were the last people out. And so Romero's getting more and more nervous and I'm like, it's okay. Just dance. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and then, so they call our name or we're walking out. He goes, okay, I'll be fine. If they just don't play move across the river. And I thought, Oh, God, here it goes. <laughs> and of course they move, they play move across the river and he goes, Oh my God. And I go, just shut up and dance. You just got to dance, baby. Just shut up and dance. <laughs> so, so that's the little conversation we have at the beginning. Cause he just didn't want to dance to that song, but you know, he rose to the occasion because he can dance stuff. You know, he's, He's still that way. And he's, what's interesting about Romero is he just, he, he's got his own style. He doesn't do specific West Coast swing or specific Lindy Hop. He just does Romero swing dancing, whatever that is. And 
it came from bars, it came from the South, it came from his mom, and it also has influences from other dances. Right. Um, and and he's he's really good at what he does. And Norma Miller, who was one of our original Lindy Hoppers who, who uh, passed away recently, um, we were at this event in Houston, and there was a lot of black swing dancing, uh, swing dance styles. There was stepping and whip and push and swing out and a bunch of stuff. And she was watching people and she was like, yeah, they're okay. Yeah, they're okay. And these were like the best of the best <coughs> in hand dancing. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she saw Romero go, that, now that boy can dance. That is a mover. So Romero was one of Norma Miller's favorite dancers uh, in the last four or five years of her life. <coughs> and they got to be friends. And so, I mean, you don't think of Romero as a Lindy Hopper, but Norma Miller, who was a super opinionated Lindy Hopper, could appreciate his dancing. Um, and so that's the kind of stuff that I like uh, to see happen is that is that one style of swing dancing and another style of swing dancing can still appreciate each other and, and find a nexus. You know? We will continue this conversation in next week's episode, so stay tuned. If you want to share your thoughts and reactions with us, you can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email Deborah and me through our site at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, and you can be one of the now 70-plus followers on Twitter, you won't be alone. Come check us out at Naked Truth WCS. You can also buy some of our swag through our online store. We have limited supplies of men's and women's shirts with our logo and other fun designs. Just go to the Naked Truth WCS.com forward slash store to buy yours today. We can ship it to you or we can get it to you at an upcoming event. Again, that's the Naked Truth WCS.com forward slash store. And if you haven't already, don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on iTunes, please rate us and give us a review over on iTunes. It helps to spread the word. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Eric. And I'm Deborah. And that's the Naked Truth. Can you hear me? Definitely lost you. It's just me then. All alone.